there, I'm Tiffany Youngren, owner of OMH Agency, and welcome to Breakaway Agent. In a world full of real estate pros struggling to get ahead, there are a few who emerge and become wildly successful. If you are working to become one of these breakaway agents, this show is for you. Thank you so much for listening. If you even just get one thing out of this episode that helps your business grow, that is a huge win. Hopefully you'll get a few nuggets to help you move forward. Today, I'm really excited to welcome Courtney Self, broker owner of Harcourt's Hunter Mason Realty. Hey, welcome. Thank you. Glad to be here. Well, thank you. Um, I'm really excited to um, pick your brain a little bit today. Courtney started her real estate career just out of high school in 1986, selling homes and investment properties while in college. For many years, she was a top agent, but in 2010, feeling like she needed a challenge, she opened her own real estate firm and named it after her sons, Hunter and Mason. Since then, Harcourt's Hunter Mason Realty has grown from a two-person office to over 30 team members and three locations in the South Bay area in California. Welcome, and yeah, talk about a challenge coming out of college, opening your own company. It's almost like having more kids. <laughs> it's, I would have to argue it is exactly. <laughs> so a few trade-offs are a little, little bit different, but in general, totally. Well, um, Courtney, thanks again for coming. Can you just kind of share with us more about yourself and how you got to where you are? Sure. So, um, well, as I said, I started right out of high school. Uh, my parents were in real estate, so I went to real estate school when I was 17 and had to wait till I was 18 to take the test. Um, and my son, my 17-year-old son's going to be doing that uh, in 2019 as well. But uh, just got here by working my butt off. I mean, that's plain and simple truth. Everybody wants to know the secret sauce or the, they want the magic bullet. I just work a lot. I like what I do, but it, it's, it's a lot of work. It's, I say it's the hardest, easy job in the world. <laughs> you're, you're basically talking to people all the time, which is fairly easy, but it's still hard to, to stay in this business and to continue to be successful in it because it's all consuming. Yeah. I've heard, it, I've heard it said that it is simple, but not easy. Exactly. I would agree with that. Yeah, because it's, it's, it is simple. You're just trying to keep your customers and your clients happy. I mean, you're there to walk them through the process and, and hold their hand and, and make sure it's a smooth transaction for them. But you have all these other outside forces that are struggling to disrupt that, uh, that happiness. Do you have a niche or a niche or client or property that you typically work with? I have a couple. So the majority of my clients are engineers. Uh, we have a lot of, um, you know, we have Northrop and Raytheon around here. So engineers are uh, my top client base, as well as Redondo Beach townhomes, um, because they are located in the area around those companies. And I just kind of fell into that at an early age and just started selling a lot of townhomes. And, um, you know, and then as my clients matured and as I matured, we moved, we all moved. So then we moved from Redondo Beach townhomes to um, beach homes or um, Palace Verdes, which is where people, they, they, you know, they, they have a path. Clients, I find, have a path. They, they buy their first townhome, then they buy a bigger townhome, then they buy a single-family house, 
And if they have kids, they move to Palos Verdes or stay in Torrance. And if they have no kids, they go to the beach. <laughs> okay. Where they all go. So. Oh, very um, good. And I do a lot of investment property. Investment property is my favorite thing to do, uh, but there aren't as many investors as there are uh, homeowners. So, you know, that's, I don't do as many of those as I would like, but we own a lot of income property. My family's always been in investment property, and uh, it's truly my favorite thing to do is to help somebody find their first investment or their second um, investment property. And we do a lot of property management through that as well. Okay, okay. Um, it seems like during this kind of changing market too, it might be a better and better, um, you know, you might see more investor clients, do you think, or... I think, you know, whenever the market slows, you're going to see more people trying to capitalize on that. But right now the market, it's slowed a little bit, but prices are still high. So I'm not seeing the investors coming in in droves like they had. Um, and then the last market that we had for investors, prices came down so much. Uh, but I don't think we're going to see that this time. It's more of a leveling out. Okay. And people own homes now are totally qualified to pay for those homes. So I don't think you're going to see a big push for foreclosures or short sales like you did before. Okay. That's, have that's that, but, you know, people get divorced or sick or something, but we're not going to have mass foreclosures like we did in the past. Okay. Okay. That's that. I'm always interested to kind of hear, you know, how the market's going and it's definitely different from area to area, but um, you do see trends, you know, you know, regardless of the geography so now you, you do have a team, obviously. Um, how many people are on it and um, what role do they play in your business? Oh, I have an office administrator and she's, so she does a lot of work um, with my husband on the property management. My husband's my partner. He does property management. He also sells a lot of investment property. He's an auctioneer, licensed auctioneer. Because um, he was in the foreclosure industry for six years, six or six or seven years, something like that. Um, and because of the way the market was, when that market changed last year, he decided to get out of the foreclosure industry and, and just join me full time selling real estate and uh, focusing more on getting more property management clients. So I've got my husband partner who's the who focuses on that. The office administrator works with him quite a bit. She works with me. Uh, she kind of does a little overlap because I run the, you know, she runs the office, but she also does some, some things for me to make my life easier. Because in this business, there's just a lot of like running around and stuff that you have to get done. I have a marketing person who works part time and she works remotely. She'll come in every now and then, but for the most part, she works from home. And I have two buyers agents. And I rotate through my buyer's agents using agents within my office. And um, Harcourt's one of the um, things that Harcourt's does is um, we do non-distressed auctions. Mm -hmm. That's why I the franchise. And with the non-distressed auction, you have to be a certified auction agent to hold an open house. So I, you know, I, I pick from the agents in my office who are certified because not everybody is. Uh, to hold my open houses on my auctions if I'm not doing it myself because I can't always, I can't be in more than one place at a time. So, Well, can you tell me a little more about that? Because I'm not, I'm not, I don't know much about the Harcourts model and that's really interesting. <laughs> okay, well, Harcourts has been around since 1888. So they've 
you know, they know what they're doing. They've been doing this a long time. They're the number six uh, real estate company in the world. And they're, they're from Australia. So their market is Australasia. They came to the United States about five or six years ago and started branching out to this area. They started in Southern California. Now, now they're in California, Nevada, Oregon, Hawaii. So we're, we're pretty much on the West Coast right now. And about three or four years ago, they got the go-ahead to be able to offer auction as an option. In fact, that's my website. Auction is an option. Um, so they had, you know, they had to work through the California Association of Realtors and make sure the forms and everything, you know, everything was done properly and through the Department of Real Estate. But they got, they started doing that, and so now we've sold about a thousand properties via auction, and it's a non-distressed auction because people hear auction and think, oh, foreclosure. Like that's not it at all. It's just a, a process to get the home sold at the best possible price. And it's very transparent. And every agent I tell, I explain it to, they're like, wow, why don't we do it that way? That just makes so much sense. So one of the things we'll do, uh, or part of the process, we do all the inspections and disclosures up front. So when a buyer comes to look at the house, they can see everything. We do a full property inspection, termite inspection. We do all of that. And so then the, and, and all the disclosures are done. So now I've actually gotten in the habit of doing all my disclosures in advance and on a regular listing, because I, I do both auction as well as regular listings. Um, it's just so much easier. It makes mm -hmm. so much sense because the buyer, once they start to make an offer, they know what they're offering on. A lot of times buyers, they hold back on price, on a price they might offer, or they well, sometimes they'll inflate a price just to get the property, knowing that they're going to do inspections and they're going to negotiate a big credit or mm -hmm. a discount price afterwards. So it eliminates all of that. About half the homes, a little more than half, about 52% will sell prior to the auction date mm -hmm. because we still take offers. All the offers are written on a standard California Association of Realtors contract. So it's not a, um, it's not a different form that we use. Uh, we offer uh, standard, well, there's no standard commission, but it's all negotiable. But we offer uh, what a lot of agents offer, commission to the selling agent. So we fully participate with other agents. We welcome their offers. And um, what else was I going to say? I, I lost my train of thought there for a second. But yeah, so the bottom line is it's a really transparent process. And it's a great way to get to a price. Because a lot of times as an agent, you'll recommend a price. And then they don't get that price. <laughs> and you egg on your face because you thought you had the right the right comps and but maybe the market's shifted a little bit and a lot of times we don't know the market has shifted until after it shifted we're mm -hmm. still living in the, the market from three months ago so what a, an auction process does it just allows you to get to a price because I've done I've I've personally done four auctions now successfully and it's interesting to see you'll get you have a minimum bid price which is a whole lot lower than it's usually going to sell. But you have your minimum bid, and you'll get a couple of agents bringing you an offer right away saying, oh, it's a full price offer. I'm like, no, you didn't read the agent remark. Not full price. It's a starting bid. Or I've even had agents say, well, you know, you think they'll take a little less than the asking price. I'm like, no, it's a minimum bid. <laughs> <laughs> but then what tends to happen, you start to get the offers in, and you wind up getting more offers. So I get like, anywhere from seven to 15 offers on every property that I do with an auction. 
the, the you get a cluster of, pri of of offers around the price that you thought, you know, that it's usually around the price that if you were to do a traditional listing, probably would have listed it at. So the, the buyers know the market. They, they know it better than the listing agents do sometimes because they're out there actively looking for homes in that area and, and in a certain price point. Uh, so the, it, it winds up selling sometimes a little higher than what you would probably get if you listed it. Like, I, for example, I had one that sold for, um, it was in a really weird area. It was nestled between the freeway and the refinery. Okay. And it was an encampment a block down the street. So oh it's not like this area, but this was a client, this, this client of mine bought for four or five homes for me, and I sold them this house uh, as a foreclosure property a couple of years ago. And so they decided they wanted to sell it because the market's good. Uh, $525 was the best price I thought they would get on it. We ended up selling it for $545. But had I started at 525, I probably would have sold it for 525 or maybe even a little bit less. Mm -hmm. But because it started at 425, we wound up, it got bid up quite a bit. Oh, wow. In process, it's a benefit to the seller. It's transparency for the buyer. The buyers, you know, a lot of times you'll be writing offers, submitting offers, and you have no idea what the other offers are. We tell everybody what the offers are. Our job is to get that price up. Mm -hmm. So. It's, it's buyers like it. If it does go to auction, they're bidding there against other people live. So again, they, they know exactly what other people will pay for the property. So it, it's a, it's an awesome way to sell real estate and it's very exciting. So I love it. That is, it's very, you know, I'm like, like you were talking about, I mean, the first thing I would think of are foreclosure properties or distressed properties. And so it's really fascinating to see. And, you know, because of that, you, I mean, I kind of attach it to, oh, well, desperation, even though it's really not, but the perception is kind of that, but yet how you just described it really shows the value of using that method in a way that actually is very beneficial to the seller. And it works in all price ranges. It works extremely well in luxury homes because a lot of luxury property they just, you don't have a buyer for a $3 million home every day. You don't have as many, the buyer pool's not as large. So it really does get the buyers that are out there in a wider price range too. So you've got buyers that are looking, they really want to be at a lower price point and they never would have seen this property because it's priced yeah, as a standard price. It's priced too high. Maybe they could afford that higher price, but they would never look at it because it's higher than the price they've set for themselves. So if you, with the auction, you do have buyers that can afford it, but probably weren't necessarily expecting to pay that much. And, um, and I have a lot of clients, they start looking at homes. Yeah, I have one client that just, they, one five was their top price. They didn't want to spend more than a million five on their next home. They spent 2.2 million. Oh my God. <laughs> yes. They bumped the price up. They could have afforded, you know, obviously they could afford the 2.2, but they, in their mind, they didn't want to spend more than one five. And there are a lot of buyers out there like that. They, but when they see the house that they, that they love, they, they will pay the higher price for it. They'll bump themselves up. So that's where auction comes into play. You also have on the other end, you have people coming to it because they think it's an auction. It's got to be a really good deal. Uh, so part of my job as the broker and, and owning the only Harcourts in the South Bay is to educate other agents so that mm -hmm. they understand what they're dealing with. And like I said, we've done several successfully here in the South Bay now, and, and we're running across agents that 
oh yeah, I know about it. I was at so-and-so's auction or, you know, I wrote an offer on this other auction that you guys had. Um, and I'm starting to see a lot of other auction companies uh, popping up like concierge auctions is a company that has a couple listings in our area and they partner with other agents. They have a 12% buyer's premium. Mm. We don't have any buyer's premium. So if you add 12% onto the back end of the price that you're going to charge the buyer, that is going to affect the seller's bottom line. So, right. you know, again, I just, I, I love this company and I love the culture. They have great technology. The auction process is amazing. And uh, just really genuinely great people work at Harcourts. And, and I'm so happy that I purchased my franchise last year. In so fact, the guy to me said he oh, was but, after two years to join, to join Harcourts. And uh, I'm like, God, I should have done this two years ago. <laughs> uh, well, good thing you did eventually. So, well, tell me more about the culture. You said you really like the culture of Harcourts. What is yeah. it about it? It's just, it's an older established company, but it has a very young feel to it. So they're great on technology. We've won some Apple awards for our technology the last couple of years. Um, and our, the Harcourt's um, uh, values are uh, people first, doing the right thing, being courageous and fun and laughter. So those, oh. those all resonated with me because I am all about having fun. I mean, I wouldn't be doing this if I weren't having fun. I love being with people. So, yeah, real estate is great for me. Well, very uh, but good. you have to be courageous in this industry. It's a, it's a scary business to work 100% commission and having to talk to people about things that you might not want to talk to them about, like price reductions or the fact that the house they're buying has a giant leak. <laughs> you, know, that, you know, there's so many little challenges that we have to deal with. It's, yeah. Makes it fun and interesting, though. Well, good, good. So as far as, um, so you've got some agents. Um, do you call them agents or brokers? I know in California, it's, sometimes it's brokers. We have sales associates and broker associates. So I do have several broker associates that work um, at the office. Um, so they have a broker's license, but they choose to work under another broker. Right. And then associates. They just have the standard sales license, sales um, associate license. So are you looking to build that team? Oh, absolutely. Yeah, I'm always looking for, I'm looking for good agents. I'm really looking for quality and not quantity. When I first started the company, my original vision was more like, it, more like a co-op where you just had really good experienced agents who didn't need a lot of hand-holding and we just come together, share office space, with the, the bills and I would just be the, the broker of record and it would be this fun, happy experience. <laughs> Turns out agents need a lot more handholding than that. So that model didn't work very well. Um, so I quickly became a uh, more of a full service broker uh, where I mean, very hands-on. Mm -hmm. One of my agents says, thank you for being the broker that answers the phone. Cause I, that's one of the things that I pride myself on is getting back to my agents as soon as they have a question for a couple of reasons. First of all, I want them to be successful and know that I appreciate them, but it's my license on the line. So I want to make sure they're doing it the right way. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Well, so what are some things you look for in candidates? Um, you know, it's, it's the weirdest real estate. So weird because it's not a lot of people don't, or most people don't decide they're going to be a realtor when they get out of college. 
or get out of school. They just kind of, a lot of people fall into this, into this um, business. And they're doing it because they couldn't really find anything else to do or, or they thought, oh, real estate sounds fun. Let me do that. I mean, I've, I've had so many agents that I've hired that um, over the years, they, they come in, they try it for a few months, and they're like, God, this is really hard. <laughs> they end up quitting. So I, I think that something like 95% of people that join real estate are out within five years. So um, I look for people that are going to show up, that are going to be committed to it, because here's the thing. If you can't commit 100% to real estate, you're never going to be successful. Like if you want to do this on the side while you do another job, doesn't mean I wouldn't hire you as an agent. But I know you're probably not going to be successful because unless you're doing this 110%, you're you just unless you're super lucky and super well connected, it's it's really hard. Um, I always tell my agents, real estate's not a job; it's a lifestyle. Because mm-hmm. every time you're out and about and talking to people, friends, family, everybody, your job is to let them know you sell real estate, not to be an annoying person that is handing your card out at every cocktail party you go to because nobody would want to work with you then. You're there to help people and to help them with their largest single investment. And I always have clients or agents, um, not always, but often I'll have newer agents. They say, well, I don't want people to know I think I'm a salesperson. I say, well, (laughs) and you look at a different job. Your license actually says salesperson on it. So, you know, if you don't, you're a salesperson, you have to sell. And you're not selling houses, you're selling yourself and you're selling uh, your expertise and experience. Bless you. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> yeah. Yes. Exactly. To answer your question, what I look for are people that say they're going to be committed to this business. Okay. Okay. And, um, you know, you mentioned culture as far as being attracted to it with Harcourts. Um, is it part of your growth strategy as you're bringing in new agents and brokers? Absolutely. So one of the things I look for, uh, I really like people that can get along with other people. I mean, you were in, I think you were in, mentioned you were in real estate. Yeah. Right. Yeah. So you've probably been in an office where there are some agents that just don't play well with others. <laughs> and I might have been. <laughs> And I don't like those kind of agents because yeah. we're in, we're all we're all a team here. Um, I say we're in cooperation, so we're uh, cooperative, uh, but we're in competition. You're the second person who said that. Like I just like yeah, okay, love that <laughs> word. It's like my favorite word ever. So I'm, it's so funny you just said that. Oh, you know, we the reality is though most agents, especially if they're within the same office, aren't competing competing directly with the people that they're working with. Uh, it should be more collaborative. So I like people that have a more collaborative mindset that are there to help other agents. And to, that doesn't mean their job is to, you know, help my agents. I want them to succeed. Uh, but I don't want people who are nasty or just don't fit into our our fun culture. And for fun, yeah, you know, we do. We like we try to do as many fun things as possible. We have parties. We do happy hours. We do lunch and learns. We do weekly office meetings so that the agents know what's going on. And, uh, you know, the agents that don't like to participate in that stuff usually don't last long. They either weed themselves out or I get rid of them. I, I've, uh, I would say I think I fired more agents than any broker I know. <laughs> <laughs> really hard to get fired from a real estate company. Yeah, yeah. 
Well, and I can understand. I mean, especially when it's a lifestyle, you know, mm-hmm. that's your, that's your life that they're hanging out with, you know, I mean, and if, you know, you kind of become who you're around and you want to kind of be careful probably of who's exactly. in that circle. I've named this company after my boys, my children. I don't mm-hmm. want them to be poorly represented. Yeah. Yeah. That makes it a lot more personal. That's for sure. So, um, you know, do you, now do you t- typically train your agents at all? Or are they pretty, like, do you have trainings as part of ongoing, even if they yes. come in and they kind of know what they're doing? Is that part of what happens at your office? Yes. That's again, one of the reasons I joined Harcourt because they do, they have ongoing training. They have training classes almost every day of the week. So they can go down if they're in Orange County, we're in LA County. So it's like 45 minutes away, but they can go down there and sign up for all kinds of different classes. Um, I bring in people to the office at least once a month to do lunch and learns. I also do my own training classes. So, um, for example, I did uh, a two-part class that I have a buyer now what? So they, you know, what do you do when you meet somebody that wants to buy a house? What are the steps that you take to to start to to turn them into a client rather than somebody that just says they want to buy a house? We do uh, classes on listing appointments. Uh, we do, you know, putting your listing package together, things like, you know, just the, the stuff that you're going to need to actually go work because mm-hmm. I don't, I appreciate education and I like training, but at the same time, the best education you're going to get is just to go out there and start working and meeting people. Mm-hmm. I'm a well, doer. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. You know, the, you know, the best ways to learn is, you know, obviously you have to actually teach people for them to learn, but and then as they're doing it is a great learning and then they become good enough to teach it. And that's even, even better. Well, for example, I always get agents wanting to learn the contracts and I do contract classes every now and then, and then they can take it through the board of realtors. But I tell them, unless you have a client to write a contract for, this means nothing to you. It's all a bunch of new information. None of it's relevant. And I have one client, one agent in my office, she's an attorney. So she had to know the contract before she, she, before she wrote her first offer. So again, I, you know, I, we do the class, kept telling her this, this is not going to really sink in until you do your first offer or take your first listing. And uh, sure enough, a couple months later, she wrote her first offer and she's like, you were totally right. Now I get it. <laughs> exactly. So we, we do require our agents to, uh, they work with either my, myself or we have a, I have a sales manager. Um, if they're brand new, they cannot write an offer on their own. The first one, they have to work with, uh, actually the first three, they have to work with one of us so that mm-hmm. we know it's right. So as you're bringing in uh, new agents, when you do that, and then as you're kind of training them up, what are three things, if you could just make them do three things, what would those three things be? Oh my gosh, the number one thing is to get your database together because mm-hmm. both people, even if you're brand new and you've never sold a house before, you know people, you probably know 100 people, so you need to get your database together. And I tell people that over and over again, and then I'll meet with them. Did you get your database together? Well, no, I just haven't done a, you know. And if they're not going to even do that simple step, then I don't know how serious they are. <laughs> because that's the back, the, I tell them your database is the backbone of your business. You also have to, um, you have to be committed to showing up every day. That's why I, I tell a lot of agents, okay, you have no business. Well, what do you do all day? I mean, you sit at home and do your laundry and clean the house or whatever. 
that's not going to help you get any real estate deals. Come to the office every single day, even if you have nothing going on. Go to broker open houses. Go look at properties. Now when you're talking to people, you can say, hey, I just saw this great house at wherever. You can post it on Facebook. Look at the view from this home I'm at. Your friends and family are going to think, oh, she's out there selling real estate. So you have to get your database together. You have to commit to, to showing up. And then you have to have enough money to be able to um, stay in the business so that you can stay 100% committed. Because if you have a side job or something else that's preventing you from being committed to this business, you, it's very unlikely you're going to be successful. Yeah. So what would you tell your rookie self? <sighs> I probably would have told myself to focus more on referrals earlier on in my career. When I first started, I did nothing but for sale by owners and expired. And I worked my butt off. I mean, it, I was in the office every day, seven o'clock in the morning, making calls. I think I had, um, I sold 52 homes my first year in the business. And that was all expired and uh, for sale by owners. Oh, wow. I was exhausted. Mm -hmm. <laughs> that was, I started selling real estate in Tucson, Arizona. And then we moved to LA, um, probably 95-ish. Anyway, uh, when I moved here to California, I said, I am not doing that again. I am, because I was burnt out. And I decided to just work by referral because somebody had told me about it. And I said, yeah, that sounds pretty interesting. So <laughs> I would have... I would have started my real estate career um, probably doing it that way to begin mm -hmm. with. Just because I think I would have, I wouldn't have been burnt out at that point. Sure. You know, it's funny because so often um, real estate agents will fall into referrals only, which mm -hmm. is great, but it's not as scalable as if you did, you know, your fundamental base of referrals, but then had new leads coming in in addition to that. So it's, yeah, it's kind of like the, you know, like it, it's, I'm, it's the first time I've heard someone say that. Like, I think that's really interesting not to under, while those new leads are helpful and can help your business grow and scale, um, you know, really that referral business is that's not underestimated. 100% of my business is repeat and referral. Mm. And if I want to grow it, I will have to go outside and do, do some other things to bring in more business. Um, but the things that I would probably do would be more along the lines of networking. And because I'm really good face-to-face, -face, I'm good on the phone, but I actually don't like it anymore. I mean, when I, start, when I was younger and I started this business, calling all the time, that was fine. But I'm to the point where I'm like, I, just, I don't want to get called. Why do I want to call somebody yeah. else? <laughs> Oh, I've talked to somebody that wants to talk to me and then I can help I can I'm better able to help them at that point. Yeah. Well, um, one of the things that I asked you before we did this interview was something that you're really passionate about sharing with other agents. And you said you kind of urged to be fully committed to the industry, which means getting involved, staying current on industry trends, and most importantly, stay focused on your own business. It's too easy to get distracted and get off track. Do you want to expand on that? Oh, absolutely. So, um, excuse me. When I first started in the business, all I did was sell real estate and I sold a lot of real estate. And then as I got a little older and more experienced and frankly, a little bit lazy, because if you, you know, the referral business is great and I work it um, pretty well, but you can come to rely on that a little too much and uh, not go out there and try to get new business 
at the same time, business is coming in, so it doesn't seem like a like an urgency to go get new business. Um, so then you wind up with more free time, and so then you wind up doing things like volunteering for the Board of Realtors or becoming president of the Women's Council of Realtors three times, like I've done. <laughs> <laughs> and while that stuff's great, and I think it's helped me in my career, I think it, it, it's a, it can be a time filler and it can be a time waster for a lot of people because they will focus all of their energy and attention on that, mm. not on their business. And then before they know it, they have no business, and but they're they're very important because they're going to board meetings and they're going to travel to you know to conventions for this group or for that group. And I think as an agent, you definitely need to give back to your community and you should get involved with your board, but don't overcommit to it. Do one thing: so go join YPN and go to the happy hours, or get on. I'm on um, Pro Standard, so I hear mm -hmm. cases. All the time and for as a broker that's the perfect thing for me to do because I get to see all the bad actors in our local real estate industry and I also get to see things I see what really upsets people mm -hmm. and as a broker that's the best information to have on you know this, and really what I've learned over the years of doing that is it's all about a lack of communication usually people don't sue you or they don't file a complaint against you until you you haven't communicated things properly to them but yeah, so so I would say just do not get overly involved with extracurricular real estate related activities. Instead, you know, I'd, I'd say join Toastmasters or join a wine tasting club or join a cycling, you know, something that is going to, uh, that you'd love to do that's fun and may even introduce you to some new people and clients. If you spend all your time with other realtors, you'll get some great friends, but they're not going to help you buy a house or sell a house. <laughs> yeah. And it's all, it all comes down to kind of budgeting your time as, as you would your money. I mean, if you have a budget for like just no good reason other than I just love to do it time. Yeah. And then the, like, what am I going to get out of it time? And then the, how can I give back time? You know, I think, I think it speaks really well to that. Well, and I love that you're so um, kind of even with all your experience and the growth that you've enjoyed, that you're still committed to growth. Um, what are one or two things that you struggle with today when it comes to growing? Um, the biggest challenge I have is, is uh, a lack of time uh, mm -hmm. because I want to grow my real estate company, the, the brokerage, but I also want to grow my business. So you can't, you can't do everything. So one of the things I've, I've had to learn to do over the years is to delegate, mm -hmm. which coming from being an agent in 2010 where I did everything myself. So that's, a, that's you know, that's the problem with a lot of agents. They do too much themselves. They, they don't know how to delegate uh, or they're, they're fearful of delegating uh, that it won't, either won't be done right or the person's going to somehow steal their leads, whatever. I don't know. But you have to learn to delegate. Um, yeah, so my biggest challenge is time management, really. I mm. seem to fit a lot of it in, but at the same time, I've got to focus, I've got to have a bucket of time for recruiting agents, and I have to have a bucket of time for finding new clients, and a bucket of time for, you know, closing the escrows that I have, and doing inspections, and all that fun stuff. Yeah, yeah, the business owner's dilemma. Yes. So. <laughs> well, and I do the trash cans occasionally, and pick up after people that don't wash <laughs> dishes, so. <laughs> <laughs> that's so funny I know my husband always says he's like you can always tell the owner by who's taking out the trash <laughs> exactly 
That's so funny. Well, what's something that I didn't ask that maybe I should have that you feel like agents who are really, um, you know, taking it to heart maybe could get, get uh, value from? Um, one thing is technology. A lot of agents gravitate towards technology because they think that's going to bring them business. And I always tell my agents, technology is there as a tool for you. It's not going to do your job for you. So, you know, unless you're, don't be a technologist, just focus on selling real estate and meeting people. And if you have a hard time with some piece of technology, well, then you can hire somebody to help you work on that. Mm-hmm. But don't spend all your time and your energy trying to perfect some technology or even um, a lot of like the little things that you do, like perfecting a flyer and stuff. That life is about progress, not perfection. You just got to keep moving forward. Well, and sometimes don't you think the people who are really good at, and I'm, I mean, I could hold a mirror up to myself right now, um, but the people who are good at technology, sometimes that's, those are the people who maybe, um, dare I say, waste time (laughs) because it's fun and you can control it versus this real estate business where it's all messy and you have to like have relationships with people (laughs) and stuff. But it's the same as, um, taking too much time or investing too much of your time with the board of realtors or Mm. other, it's all about distraction. Mm. So the number one thing you need to do in real estate is stay focused on meeting and talking to people every single day, because if you don't do that, you won't have any business and and your business that you have today isn't because of what you're doing today. It's from what you did three to four months ago. So if you have no business today, it's because you didn't do anything three or four months ago. If you want to have business three or four months from now, go out there and start meeting people. Right, right. Very good. Okay, well, that brings us to my last question, which um, I, I love all this information, but there's always my favorite because I'm a huge foodie and, uh-huh. um, and I just love to kind of get to know you a little bit better through this question. Um, and I always ask this at the end of every podcast. Um, what is your favorite dish? And where do you get it? Like at a, it could be a restaurant or not. Um, my absolute favorite food is pizza because it's the perfect food. And you can <laughs> put, and I get different kinds of pizzas at different places. Okay. <laughs> I'm originally from Boston and I just uh, came back from the National Association of Realtors um, uh, convention there. So I was in, and I actually wouldn't have gone except it was in Boston. So I really wanted to go home. <laughs> But uh, I went there and sought out Regina's Pizza because that's like the pizza place to eat at in the North End. If I'm here in California, you know, there are, it depends on the kind of pizza I want. Valentino's Pizza in North Redondo Beach or it's actually Manhattan Beach. Awesome pizza. But I also love California Pizza Kitchen because they have the fancy pizza. So okay. I can find a pizza every day. <laughs> okay. I love it. I love it. That's awesome. Home, so. <laughs> Well, Courtney, thank you so much for being here and, um, and sharing. You gave us some really good takeaways and I really loved hearing about this, um, whole auction model. I think it's super fascinating, but also with your vast experience with in real estate, but also building a team. I just think this was just, um, chock full of awesome stuff. So, and, uh, thanks so much to everyone for listening too. I really appreciate it. And remember the best is yet to come.